The Great Canadian Talk Show. There's only a couple of watts, but I brought the truth to everyone within three blocks of the west side of campus. No way! Yes way! And now, let's get right down to business with Marty Gold. Welcome to the Great Canadian Talk Show Podcast. This is episode 17 of season 4, our 17th episode of 2024. I'm Marty Gold. I want to thank you all for joining me. I want to thank you for having over the course of the last week or so, uh, when uh, normally traffic would be down a bit, people busy with the long weekend, etc. But uh, a great number of you listen to the podcast about Kenny Plain with the exclusive audio of Kenny Plain from the Winnipeg Press Club at an event that I uh, hosted and produced in 1998 for Great Cup Week, where uh, he pulled a, a tremendous rib, helped me pull a tremendous rib on Angelo Mosca by giving Mosca the gift of a Blue Bomber jersey emblazoned with his name and number. I encourage you all to, uh, who even are marginally Winnipeg sports fans, if you haven't listened to that one, to, to do so. Uh, my own story about uh, Kenny Plain, I was very fortunate in my lifetime to be in a position where I could have a story to tell all you folks about Kenny Plain. Uh, as well, in a blog post on actionline.ca, I explained the real history of the Real Day holiday, the Real Day long weekend here in Manitoba, uh, because the mainstream media is never going to tell you that the NDP was against it before they were for it, and they were put into that position because of the power of radio, although not Power 97, but rather 92.1 City FM, and uh, in those days, 2007, Joey Yellow, Tom McGorn put together a, a petition, and uh, I give a rundown of, of what was said, uh, what happened, why Nancy Allen, uh, the Labour Minister and the NDP of the day, had to back down, and how... Real Day wasn't really the name chosen by the school kids who were asked to choose a name for the holiday. That's both of those episodes. Well, one's an article, the other's a podcast episode. Completely unique, providing institutional knowledge, personal experience, and uh, facts that the Winnipeg media, they create their own mythology about what our city's history is and about our heroes and to some extent. I'm not saying that necessarily went on in the case of Kenny Plain. Uh, I had my own ability to add to the mythology, uh, so to speak, growing up in a household that worshipped the ground he walked on like he was, as, as our headline said uh, on that episode, King Arthur, Winnipeg's King Arthur. Um, the, the best equivalent is basically he was our Gordie Howe. Uh, but certainly when it comes to Real Day, they, you know, they don't want to talk about what really went on and how the government didn't really want it, because now the government spends money advertising it. So media outlets aren't very likely to remind the NDP and ask them to account for how come you were against it before you were for it. How is it that you laughed when a radio station started the campaign, but then when they had 30,000 signatures... All of a sudden, you had to whistle a different tune. So that's the kind of work that we've put out lately. I know that there's a lot of material in the crime file that's backed up. I've got a tip, a couple of tips about unions, about well, one union in the city and another workplace in the telecommunications sector. And I am going to get to those stories in upcoming podcasts. But uh, to my surprise, this episode is going to be, again, not it's sort of the opposite of Kenny Plain. Uh, where I met somebody and was able to participate in something with them that, you know, was like the dream of a, of a, of a childhood. Uh, but something else has come up that I want to address because, once again, I have exclusive audio. 
and personal experience. And this has to do with the biggest Holocaust denier and Jew hater in modern times from the United Kingdom, a guy named David Irving who passed away. He was elderly at this stage uh, and passed away on, for it looks like on Tuesday. And he came to Winnipeg once and you can be sure that no Winnipeg media outlet is going to in any way talk about the reaction in this city what happened and this goes back to uh 1986 and when i come back from this break i'm going to tell the story of david irving coming to winnipeg his activities before he came to winnipeg what he was up to in 1986 and thereafter including first disavowing david zundel the notorious uh holocaust denying jew hater and then testifying for zundel i was for a moment in time as this notorious Jew, international Jew hater crossed paths with Winnipeg and in the earliest days of my the beginnings of my career as an activist under the direction of Yoram Hamizrahi we tracked characters like this we kept an eye on characters like this we had a different approach to characters like this than the mainstream Jewish community and the mainstream media to some extent trailblazers uh, under Yoram's direction. And I was there. I watched him speak and I have audio from a television news story from the time that David Irving spoke in Winnipeg. And this is going to tie into modern themes because to this day, you have Holocaust deniers in Winnipeg some of whom get quoted in the Winnipeg media that doesn't even bother looking into the kinds of things that some of these so-called community leaders have said about Jews, about Israel, and about the Holocaust. So this is going to be about that subject. We'll get back to the usual fare in the next, uh, next few productions of audio content, but because I have a personal connection to this, I want to make sure this story is told, and I want to make sure this story is known not only in Winnipeg, not only in Manitoba, but across Canada and around the world. I'll be right back with those details right after this break. If you have a story tip, an interview idea, or information the public needs to know, let us know. The Great Canadian Talk Show, email martygoldlive at gmail.com. TGCTS, old-fashioned investigative reporting that matters. The Great Canadian Talk Show is brought to you by The Hive Hair Company. From classic to funky, the styles of your life are at The Hive in the heart of the Osborne Village at 175 Osborne. Call 452-4483 or online thehivehaircompany.com. For your home renovation and repair needs, call PKP. For over 20 years, we've built trusted relationships in the North End, West Kildonan, Garden City, and the Maples. Buying a refurbished home? We'll do your pre-purchase inspection and make sure you get what you're paying for. Go to our Facebook page, PKP Renovations and Repairs, or call us, 204-297-5446. That's 204-297-5446. 
PKP Renovations and Repairs. Welcome back to episode 17 of the Great Canadian Talk Show podcast. All of our podcasts, as well as investigative stories, columns, and pieces of local history available on actionline.ca. Number of tabs you can take a look under, whether it's podcast, crime, city, province, and under the blog as well, some historic stories that, we've, uh, laid, that we laid out in 2019 uh, under the Winnipeg Watchdog label, uh, as well as some more recent fare. Uh, and all in all, uh, as we have commenced our 2024 fundraising campaign, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'll have a link in the episode description and had a great response on the first day. And I really hope you folks keep it up as we try to provide not just independent media coverage, but some media coverage uh, and analysis and information gathering and sharing in this community that is relevant to you and not relevant to the official approved narrative. Uh, and uh, uh, accordingly, uh, I invite you all to go to over to actionline.ca, check that out, share it with people you know, join our Facebook group, follow me on Twitter, and by all means, check out the donate page on ActionLine and take part in this fundraising uh, campaign here uh, in the first quarter of 2024. In 1986, I had been recruited to take part in, uh, previously in a number of um, misadventures in community affairs, uh, taking up the cause on behalf of some uh, new immigrant communities, for instance, who are having problems in areas of employment, accreditation, etc. Under the direction of Yoram Hamizrahi, one of the organizations, and the, the main organization under which we uh, conducted this, uh, this kind of work, was the Manitoba Intercultural Alliance. Uh, and I was very lucky at a... I was by far the youngest activist of this kind in the city. I know, because I know who was making speeches at City Hall, and it was me and not many other people around my age. I got to meet a lot of influential and prominent Winnipeggers, not just people like you know, Gary Philman or Premier Pauly or Mayor Norrie, but people like Claudia Wright of the University of Winnipeg, who was chair of the Manitoba Human Rights Commission. Ken Babb, Wade Williams, Henry Carvalho, Strini Reddy, legendary educator in our province. And so at a, at a relatively young age, I was around people that I were very much it was appropriate to shut up, <laughs> mouth shut, ears open. And at various times, I was put in the position of being a spokesperson. I was given a chance to get into the public eye on important issues, some of them systemic, in terms of uh, accommodation or, again, employment, etc. Some of them relating to the state of racism, the emergence of different kinds of racism in Canadian society, uh, concurrent to, and I'm not blaming Ottawa per se, but concurrent to the Mulroney era, just to you know, give you folks a feel for when this was. And in 1986, all of a sudden, a guy, an Englishman, named David Irving, an author came to town as part of a Canadian speaking tour. 
stories got around what they call the right-wing media, which in in these kinds of circles means the, the neo-Nazi far, far-right media, that he had passed away. He'd been, he caught... Uh, he got sick in Florida, uh, I believe, in the uh, in the early winter, uh, and uh, was hustled back home where he expired. He was a old; he's already an old man, but still had followers. And these people are crazy, man. He was a historian, a respected military historian, who went off the deep end and mostly harbored a peculiar kind of mentality that Yoram in particular was familiar with from the British mandate over uh, over the Holy Land when Yoram uh, was growing up. I, b- I believe it, she was born in Jerusalem, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and there was just some Brits that hated Jews. And David Irving was one of them. But they pretended it was the Jews' fault. That's the approach this guy took. Described as the best-known Holocaust denier in the United Kingdom, wrote numerous histories of the Second World War, in which he made Hitler out to be a hero, and his views evolved, his methodology evolved over time. And as it was evolving, that's when he came to Winnipeg. He's the kind of character about whom his death was said by a a fellow named David Klemperer, who's a a master's candidate, out, uh, out on Twitter land. I've seen some of his posts previously. He said, I don't think we have enough evidence to conclusively state that he's dead, and nor do I think we should be shutting down the legitimate doubts that people might have about this. That's the kind of approach that David Irving would take to the systematic slaughter of Jews by Hitler's Nazi regime. He was always the kind of individual to stir up crap. <laughs> he was an editor uh, the family was abandoned by his father as a, as a child during the during the war. Uh, he just seemed to be a bitter person. He was an editor of the Carnival Times, a, a student rag mag, as it's put, of the University of London Carnival Committee. In 1959, he added a secret supplement, which included an article, which he called Hitler the greatest unifying force Europe has known since Charlemagne. A group of volunteers had to be mustered to pull this supplement from this paper, which he said, well, it's a satirical paper anyways, but he said his motive in putting out a controversial secret issue of Carnival Times is to prevent it from being making a profit, the Carnival itself making a profit, though he passed on to a South African group, which he considered a subversive organization. See this guy, even at university, just very elaborate schemer. I didn't know it at the time, that it occurred, but I remember in high school where we heard about a book that was published in Germany. I wasn't aware it was David Irving's book at the time, but we heard somebody was out there claiming that Anne Frank's diary was a forgery. That was David Irving. He said a New York court ruled the diary was actually the work of a, of a scriptwriter in collaboration with the girl's father. So I knew what he was up to when I was a teenager. In 1977, David Frost, the British, uh, legendary British television host, uh, put a debate on, and during the debate, 
Irving argued there was no evidence Hitler had any idea the Holocaust was taking place. It wasn't under his orders. This was the way this guy looked at the world or looked at history. David Frost asked David Irving, do you think Hitler was evil? And he, his answer was, he was as evil as Churchill, as evil as Roosevelt, as evil as Truman. So you see that this guy would fit very well over in the Hamas sympathizer crew over in the United Nations and other places. So all through the 1980s, he played footsie with Holocaust stars. At first, he didn't actually deny it. His game was, well, Hitler didn't know about it, and, and it wasn't really that bad, and not that many people were actually, it wasn't that organized. And In the first edition of Hitler's War, in a footnote, he wrote, I cannot accept the view that there exists no document signed by Hitler, Himmler, or Heydrich speaking of the extermination of the Jews. He eased off on this stuff, trying to start a political party in the United Kingdom, uh, in Britain, called Focus, and he described himself as a moderate fascist. Uh, this didn't really appeal to people, and so with his political career over, uh, he started associating more and more with outright Holocaust deniers. At a conference in 83, he repeated his claim Hitler was ignorant of the Holocaust because he was so busy being a soldier. And you're going to hear this guy's voice. You're going to hear what he sounds like. Because I have audio that nobody else has from Winnipeg of this character. And he was a publicity hound and he admitted it. As he said uh, in, a, in a one speech, at the, at the, again at that conference, when I think my name hasn't been in the newspapers for several weeks, I ring them up and I phone them, meaning the newspapers, the British press. says, what about this then? Because they had a filing cabinet full of documents. So he'd hold stuff back. Now, what was really behind his, his problem was that he thought England, again, hardly a surprise, he thought England made a, a big mistake declaring war on Germany and that after that, Britain went into a, a, a steep, precipitous decline. At one point later on, he thought there was a mystical connection between him and Hitler because of uh, something Hitler said or or or, uh, or, or made a, a comment at the, around the same time that David Irving was born. In Australia, in 86, he argued that photographs of Holocaust survivors of the dead taken in uh, right uh as, as the Allies were moving through and, and taking over the concentration camps. He said those pictures were proof the Allies were responsible for the Holocaust, not the Germans. Start banging your head against the table. He did a Canadian tour in 1986. He visited Toronto, and Ernest Zundel, the most notorious Holocaust denier of that era, came up to him and tried to you know schmooze with him, and he told Zundel to get away. But after his lecture tour bombed, Zundel sent Irving, according to source material, sent Irving a letter, said, I'll do publicity for you. Uh, I'll draw my crowd of neo-Nazi Jew haters to your, you know, to your events. They'll be more successful. And David Irving testified for Zundel at his second trial for Holocaust denial. Now, back to 1986. This fellow got booked in to speak in Winnipeg by a couple of organizations that were already on our radar as being full of your local, you know, it would be like a Monty Python sketch with John Cleese, except it wasn't funny. 
And considering what we've learned in the last, you know, few months, the realization that there's all sorts of Nazis, the focus has been on on Waffen SS Ukrainian, uh, but surely there's other other adherents to the Nazi philosophy that after World War II were were provided, including those from Germany or Austria, a place like that. They were provided um, unfettered entry into Canada. These are the kinds of people I suggest to you. The nineteen eighty six rented a hotel. Now, when this was found out about, we had our idea and the Jewish Macher board at the time, those who ran the Jewish community at the time, they had a different idea. Yoram, being a tactician, said, we are going to go and we are going to listen to his speech and we will take photographs of the license plates. And then we will be able to inform the authorities of what we see and what we hear. So we are going regardless. Except the Jewish, it wasn't the Jewish Community Council at the time. So Winnipeg, well, it probably was Winnipeg Jewish Community Council at the time, come to think of it, but not the modern federation. They went and they put heat on the hotel and they put heat on the, uh, on the, on the cops and it was cancelled. But we found out that it had not just been like cancelled at the one hotel, at the Ramada, it had gotten moved to the Montcalm. Monty's. And off we went. And there was about five or six of us, including Yoram. Yoram brought his son, who was then Ron, who was then only 13, and he is now the most prominent spokesperson for the Israeli community in Winnipeg. That was his first exposure to feet on the ground, go nose to nose with our enemy. I believe Henry Carvalho was with us. Uh, George Salzburg, uh, son of uh, Walter Salzburg, Professor Salzburg, they were cousins with the Hamizrahis. He was there. Could be there was a couple of others, but I was there. And uh, if you think your heart is pounded before, just wait till you're in a room full of people that are waiting to hang off of every word of this creep, David Irving. And Irving, again, as you'll hear, is a very stuffy Englishman. He was accompanied by a very stern, attractive, blonde female helper who was helping uh, line up the people to get their autographs of his books and such things. And I'm going to play for you now a TV report from CBC News from Brian Yasui, was the reporter at the time. I'm not going to play the whole thing because, I mean, it's just there's some other nutty stuff Irving talked about, so I, I might end up cutting this off, but I'm going to go right from the beginning. And Yasui describes how the event had been canceled, rescheduled. And when you hear him talk about, you know, we were invited to, and on the condition, we not show the crowd or not show the, the material for sale. Believe me, this video has all of it in the story anyways, because Brian Yasui was a smart reporter. Listen to this piece of Winnipeg history when the Holocaust denier came to town. About 50 people showed up tonight at the Moncom Motor Hotel in South Winnipeg. The original meeting was cancelled from the Ramada Inn after that hotel received calls protesting against the group's anti-Semitic image. That image comes from supporting Keekstra and Zundel. 
Several people objected to the presence of the camera, even though we were invited by the guest speaker. And he denies a connection with Zundel or Keegstra. I'm here as an individual, making speeches as an individual, and I shouldn't be linked with other people by association or any other way. But you were brought here by a group which supported the two fellows. What's that got to do with me, though? What has that got to do with me? Well, you accepted their invitation. Yes, but what has that got to do, do with me, what they've done in the past? It's like, say, my books are sold in bookshops next to Karl Marx and Lenin. Does that make me a kind of communist? It's exactly the same kind of phony logic. We were allowed into the meeting on two conditions, that we wouldn't show faces of the audience or the literature for sale. Books with titles such as The Zionist Factor, The Great Holocaust Trial, and The Zionist Connection. The speaker, David Irving, says his research shows that Hitler tried to protect the Jews in Germany and that Winston Churchill prolonged the Second World War by five years by not signing a peace treaty with the Nazis. From the documents that I have collected, the ten years research on Hitler, the original authentic documents, we find Adolf Hitler only putting out his hand to protect the Jews. Irving also says history and the media cannot be believed because he has seen key documents which have not been reported. Don't believe the published history. Don't sometimes even believe the archives because the files have been touched. They've been fiddled around with. They've been doctored. They've been sanitized to take out the documents that matter. Irving claims those public lies continue today to the racial problem in South Africa. You know, I'm just going to stop it there because then he goes off about South Africa at the time. And it's, I mean, I could play it but it's not really related to this, to the subject per se. But this guy was way off his rocker. And I was there, nose to nose. As a matter of fact, during the course of that event, I got up and went to the, walked over to the men's room. This is in like a conference room in the basement of the Montcalm. Uh, and as you heard Yasui describe what the conditions were, they immediately showed the faces of the crowd. They had showed, uh, shown some of the books or pamphlets or whatever, some pages from the books. Uh, and I went to the washroom, and my spider sense went off. And I opened the door. I went right around the door, and sure enough, I don't know if it was one goon or two, but somebody followed me into the can, and I just went right back out. It's an exciting time to be a Jewish activist in Winnipeg, and it's why when I say that the mainstream media is failing not just the Jewish community, but all decent people in this city with the way that they assign random reporters to cover a very... A, um, a complex, layered, multifaceted aspect of Jew hate, Holocaust denial in particular, you can't just assign any old reporter to cover this field. It's just crazy. So when I say I have the experience, when I say I've been in the trenches, we were there. We looked this guy and all his supporters, and if there was 50 people, as Yasui said, uh, you'd be sure that you know 45 of them were his supporters, except for like our bunch. Uh, we had no idea if we were going to get jumped or not. We had no idea if, how we were going to get harassed. And I recall in particular, Yoram uh, was harassed by some of these uh, erudite people. Some of them were very much like Irving snobs. Uh, and, and just full of, of uh, self-importance and uh, academic book learning that told them that it was all an exaggeration. And this guy went on to deny that Auschwitz existed, had existed in that form, that the concentration camps were built after the fact to create false narratives about Germany, uh, but, you know, by, by Poland, and just crazy, crazy, crazy.
He came to Winnipeg. He spoke. Your public officials were paralyzed not knowing what to do, and the Jewish leadership tried to stop it. I can tell you that the next day, I, and I, I well, you know what, I'm going to play this audio too. The next day, uh, CBC did another hit, and you'll hear just at the, from the beginning of it, because I don't want to go too deep into this one, uh, you'll hear the voice of Sandra Lewis, and then you're going to hear Jim Compton interviewing little old me. The Ramada Inn canceled a speech about Hitler because of pressure from Winnipeg's Jewish Community Council. The speaker made the address at another hotel at the last minute. Ironically, some members of the Jewish community are angry about that. They say the police would have been able to lay charges if the speech hadn't been moved to an unknown location. Jim Compton reports. I think, yes, a criminal court prosecution uh, could have resulted uh, through a, a complaint. We would have had the evidence right there. Uh, we would have had the place. We would have had names. We would have had, would have had license numbers. And Martin Bordisky, whose organization has many Jewish members, is angry with the Winnipeg Jewish Community Council. He says they are responsible for having Holocaust revisionist David Irving canceled at the Ramada Inn yesterday. Boroditsky says he's been following for years the actions of the two right-wing groups who were responsible for bringing in Irving. Irving's books on World War II say that the mass extermination of Jews was not known to Adolf Hitler. The Jewish community in Winnipeg feels that smacks of anti-Semitism. That was probably, I mean, it was early in, how do I put this? It was not long before that that I would have met Jim Compton through my work with Yoram. But I can tell you from that interview, <laughs> boy, Jim got reaction to it because he then quoted that Abe Arnold, uh, who's a leader of the Manitoba Association for Rights and Liberties, uh, the way he put it, he actually uh, actually agrees with me and that uh, it would have been better to let it go on. And that's um, a philosophy that, that I've had uh, that I learned from Yoram. It's, it's often better to know who these characters are and have an idea who's up to these kinds of things in your community than to not know who's saying these things, to not know who supports these things. There's a little piece of Winnipeg history that I personally experienced in fighting anti-Semitism, in fighting Holocaust denial, where for one night, when I was a young man, in the course of my work with dedicated community activists, we bore witness to what was being said, what was being advocated for, the lies that were told. I saw it with my own two eyes. I heard it with my own two ears. And I'm here today to tell you, when I do the coverage on this, uh, on these podcasts, on this platform, about anti-Semitism, when I talk about it, when I talk about the kinds of characters involved, the different kinds of anti-Semitism and Holocaust denial, I know of what I speak. I'm still here to do this work. David Irving, well, he's gone somewhere. I'll be back to wrap this episode up right after this break. Continuing the tradition of investigative journalism in Winnipeg. And one Winnipeg woman is reported satisfactory in hospital after lightning struck her home. Let's get right down to business. Actionline.ca All set to entertain, to inform, to serve Winnipeg. With the Great Canadian Talk Show. Whether it's CTV, CBC, Global, you cannot count on them for truth and you cannot count on them 
to uphold the values that you have. He's the guy who put the M in Nemo and C in controversy. With the one and only... Red Alex. Manny Bazunas. Wrong! Cliff Gardner. That's not it, that's not it. Hunky Bill. Mm. Boyd Kozak. That's not right! Marty Gold. And they go a long walk off a short pier. And they're saying the judge got it wrong, everyone got it wrong, everyone is wrong, but the city of Winnipeg. You know, when I think of it, I don't think, I don't even know if on radio on Kick FM, if I ever told this, this story before about having first-hand dealings with David Irving and his crew. Uh, when, when, they, when he rolled through Winnipeg and, and they showed up. I mean, it was scary. It, it was a test um, for me personally. It was, it was a challenge to how I had been raised, to what I had learned going to Joseph Linsky Collegiate. Whether I would, eh, I'm not interested, I don't want to go, oh, I don't want to start trouble. Mm, that, that, isn't how, that isn't how it went down with me. That isn't the way I was wired. My family, on both sides of the family, but in particular my father's side, which is, is what growing up in Winnipeg was about, was my father's side. Ardent Zionists, and I have documentation towards this in terms of attending meetings, serving on boards, helping the re- Jewish refugees and, and poor in Europe after both World War I, and World War II. That's who I am. That's why it's important to me. And, and, and again, it's canary in the coal mine. They're coming after us with uh, you know, different kinds of, of lies, with smears, with historical inversions. As, as the CBC graphic said about the David Irving speech, defending Nazism. I was 26 years old. 26 and a half, technically. I'm pretty sure that that uh, was in October of 1986, based on the what I see in the footage with uh, with Jim Compton in particular, because I went over to see him at CBC and we he shot his uh, he shot his his stand ups uh, like around U of W and like that. So I've been in this game a long time, and I realize it's not a subject everybody you know, dives into, but I hope that all of you have listened to this. I hope you'll share it, because this is Winnipeg history. When David Irving, the Holocaust denier, came here on his book tour. I got lots more Winnipeg history, just like the Kenny Plain audio, just like the David Irving audio, in the back end of the of our uh, of our YouTube channel, and I'm going to continue to bring that forward when, when appropriate, when suitable to ensure that uh, the record is straight, the record is clear, people know where I stand and they know what's gone on in this city in the past. Your support integral to this kind of work, not just in terms of <laughs> chasing down the David Irvings of the world, but in terms of covering City Hall, covering the legislature, covering consumer affairs, making sure people uh, aren't getting ripped off, whether it's by government, private enterprise, making sure businesses have somebody to stand up for them, making sure your values are upheld. And there's so, boy, there's just so much stuff going on. 
that I know the Winnipeg media doesn't tell you about. There was a, a, a dinner, uh, an award ceremony scheduled in, uh, in this country that was canceled, ended up being canceled because the organization, federally funded, tried to cancel the guest speaker, Leah Goldstein, no relation to me, as far as I know, because in her 20s, and she's a Canadian cyclist, in her 20s, she had served in the Israeli Defense Force. So they tried to replace her with another speaker. And the blowback was so by the, I think this is in Ottawa, the law firms, uh, some of the sponsors withdrew their sponsorship, and they ended up canceling the event. You're not going to hear about that from the Winnipeg media. That this is how bad anti-Semitism is. That somebody who served the IDF 20 or 30 years ago gets labeled a baby killer and a white supremacist and a colonizer and... So much for supporting immigrant women, I guess, huh? I'll tell those stories. I'll make sure that this community knows about it. It was Ontario International Women's Day event. She was removed as guest speaker, and she found out online. They didn't even tell her first. This by an organization called Inspire. And uh, late on Tuesday... I found out from uh, one of the Toronto sources, Inspire canceled the event because, essentially, of their endorsement of anti-Semitism. And good on the Jews of Toronto, the Jewish community of Toronto, of Ottawa, all throughout Eastern Canada more so, putting the pressure on these individuals, on the sponsors, to take accountability and responsibility for being such a bunch of pukes as to remove a speaker. Because once upon a time, she served her country and then immigrated to Canada. CBC doesn't want to tell that story. CKY, right? CTV, Global. That's fine. I'll tell that story. I'll tell lots of other stories. And it's all done with your support. Go to the donate page. There's links to all our top podcasts and stories uh, from 2023 and 2024, divide up into easy-to-follow categories, whether it's City Hall, victims of crime, the hear the voices of the victims of crime in this city, our interviews with city councillors, all conveniently listed on that donate page. We prove that we earn your support. The target for uh, uh, till uh, April 1st, right, the first part of the year here, getting a bit of a late start on the campaign, but the target's 3800 I don't mind telling you, the day one, over little over $300 came in. Please keep it up. I'm doing this full-time. I want to be able to do this full-time. Nobody else will do this work. Nobody else will get these interviews. Nobody else will ask the hard questions, whether it's of Scott Gillingham, whether it's of Wab Canoe, whether if it's Nahani Fontaine, or whether it's of any other public official. Firm but fair, I like to say. Questions no one else will ask. I broach subjects the media are petrified of, or they aren't allowed to because the newsrooms are all slanted. There's a culture war going on, and you know through my podcast, through my radio program in the past, through City Circus on Shaw TV, I stand for you, I stand for the little guy, I stand for people who are getting steamrolled, I stand against corruption, I stand against pigs at the trough. I stand against those who are trying to t- 
tear down what democracy really means in terms of representation at, at, at school boards, in the legislature, at city council, and in Ottawa, too. So check out the donate page. Please support the... And it, might I add, story tips, your comments. Uh, if you want to donate directly by Interact, the uh, address for that, you email me, martygoldlive at gmail.com. Now, coming up, there's probably going to be an episode that, that's more or less going to be, uh, how do I put this? It, it's going to be a combination of mailbag, follow-ups, and news tips, and we got plenty. Some involving unions, some involving stories that we've covered, some involving things that have been in the news that aren't quite there. So I think that that's going to be next. Then there will be a follow-up on on the, the murders, the investigations, the crime, including the police shooting on Magnus. And I've been trying to ac- accumulate some information about that, where, as it turns out, I can't say I knew the deceased in that police shooting, but people I knew certainly did. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions about how that situation on Magnus was handled by the SWAT team. I assume it was the SWAT team. I might have made, might have a, a different name. And as much as we compliment the police for uh, for the very hard and dangerous work they do, the fact is that there are situations and occasions where they have to be held to account as well. And I don't have a problem doing that. Fair is fair. Spread the word. Let your friends know about the work we're doing here. We're going to continue to grow this platform. I'm going to continue to pump out the articles, continue to pump out the podcast. We're looking at how to add video, but I don't have a budget for for some of these things yet. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this fundraising campaign. To be able to put more information, more investigations, more analysis in front of the public so that you have somebody you can rely on to tell you the truth. So you have somebody you can rely on to stand up for you. So you have somebody who will act as your watchdog in this community. And I'll continue to do so because, as I learned, as you heard in this episode, many, many years ago, you have the power. You can make sure that your community goes in a direction you want it to go. I thank you all for listening. I thank you for supporting the Great Canadian Talk Show on ActionLine.ca. We'll be getting right down to business in the next episode. And thank you for listening. Because of you, The Great Canadian Talk Show has made headlines for over 15 years and forced important issues to be acknowledged and dealt with. The problem here is that they want everything their own way in every situation. It's unpalatable to the general public, but they're frozen out by the process. There are no subsidies for paying the bills for keeping the government honest. They just see money. Of course, it's your tax dollars, but it's being spent on their pet projects. We're on your side. A lot of these people in special interest groups, they don't bear any relationship to your life out there. They don't have any handle on what your reality is in your neighborhood. Support old-fashioned investigative reporting that matters. The best source of information is not the city councillor. It is this program and you listeners. Support TGCTS today. Thanks for listening to The Great Canadian Talk Show. If you want to email Marty... Send it to TGCTS1 at gmail.com or follow him on Twitter at TGCTS. Hey.